Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for another episode. You know what's coming. It's brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. And uh, I'm excited to say that Justin Garcia is back. It's been a little while. I was thinking about it just before we started. And I think this might have been the longest stretch that it's been without you being on the pod. So, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. When was the last one we did? Probably. Two or three weeks ago? The days are just all together. I I don't really remember anymore. Can say for sure, for certain, that we're in a more positive space in regards to the Bucks potentially playing basketball again. I know that. Yeah, I I mean, we've probably talked about this a handful of times since the league shut down in March, but I've always kind of maybe been too optimistic that I've always believed they would do some type of restart now there was maybe a period in april where things were kind of looking pretty gloomy that i might have changed course but i've I've kind of felt from the start it was probably going to be june or july but we would see some sort of restart now it seems like we're we're certainly full steam ahead towards that yeah it's really hard to imagine (laughs) how how long ago the season ended because I know today there was a bunch of stuff on Twitter and, and Bucks Twitter was sort of going through uh, the motions of thinking back to last year. And I guess today, uh, by what I've seen, was uh, game six in Toronto. So uh, the NBA finals would be a couple of days away here. So that's when you really start to realize how long or how much basketball we've missed over the last couple of months. But I know uh, things are starting to get a little bit more normal because uh, I tweeted it. But today I put jeans on for the first time. I would say, honestly, I think I, I, did, I definitely didn't fly in jeans. So I had jeans on today for the first time since I was in Milwaukee, which was, uh, I guess, two and a half months ago now. So uh, I don't know where the time has flied. It certainly went slow at the start, but it's been a long time since these guys have been out there playing. The, the first, the April 11th one-month checkpoint, you were kind of like, meh, okay. But once it got to May 11th and it was two months ago, the season was paused, that was the, like, Holy cow, it's already been two, two months. Yeah, I, and I wonder about that. I, I wondered if that had to do with the fact that certainly in my mind through the first couple of weeks when, when everything was really kicking off and we're like, okay, this is getting pretty serious, particularly in the US and across the world, uh, I was thinking in my head, well, I'm not too concerned about this NBA season because it's March. We have a lot of time. They can push the season right back to September, October if they want to. They can figure it out. We've got plenty of time here. And then as time rolled on, and even as we speak right now, we're heading towards the end of May. It is nearly June, and you still are looking like you're six weeks to two months away from tipping a ball in basketball. You realize, okay, this is, this is seriously going to drag in to that time period and obviously affect next season, which there's a lot of talk now that you know maybe that would tip off around Christmas time, depending on what happens. But what we wanted to talk about today was a potential 
playoff scenarios. And again, Frank will be back tomorrow. He's the money man. He knows all the figures. He knows uh, those that side of things certainly better than I do. So uh, Frank will be back tomorrow. We'll go through a bunch of the other proposals that have come through. But interesting story today from Shams on The Athletic. Uh, he said that the NBA has sent a survey to the 30 general managers around the league with a bunch of different scenarios for how the season may be able to resume and different ways uh, that they can finish this thing off. And with the playoffs in particular, I think it's really interesting because one of the scenarios that has been proposed, and again, they've sent through all the different implications this would have financially for the league. Uh, We know the regional sports network uh, contracts uh, in play here. Uh, that's been a topic of conversation over the last couple of weeks. But if they go straight to the playoffs, they would go based on the seeding as it stands right now, which the Bucks obviously, number one seed across the whole league. Doesn't really matter for home court, but it does for seeding in this instance, and they would take on the Orlando Magic in the first round. Uh, most notably, uh, we know the Celtics would play the 76ers, which is a, a huge first round uh, game right there. And it's funny that the Sixers, Tied with the Pacers, 39 and 26 uh, on the season. And there was a one game, there was one game through the season where the Pacers blew out the 76ers. And I remember thinking at the time with the Sixers struggling so much on the road in particular, uh, this game could be one that really hurts them down the road in tiebreakers in this situation of Wood. And they would have to take on the Celtics, which is going to shake things up in the East. Yeah, I, I remember uh, that was, I think, New Year's Eve, that game between those two and I remember watching it in a movie theater on my phone and seeing the final score and couldn't believe it um I guess so there's a couple of things number one it's a pro move by you to just go with Shams and not potentially stumble over his last name um (laughs) but the other survey that they sent too which what I found the most interesting was the survey that I believe Adam Silver sent out or just basically the talking points of the potential end dates for the season and how far that extended. Um, I don't remember if it was November 1st or October 15th was the latest date, but that really surprised me because you mentioned the Christmas day restart for next season. I think either way, even if something happens where we don't get a restart and the season's just canceled, I think it's going to be December that they start up regardless. But if, if you're going into October I guess there's still more questions to be answered, but that really puts a lot of things into question for having to cram in things like free agency and the draft and an off season into just two months, basically before you restart uh, your new season. So that was interesting. The whole playoff seating thing, uh, we were talking about it before. I don't know if this came from somebody connected to the league or if this was just fans pontificating of wouldn't it be nice if they did this. The interesting thing for the Bucs is it, it, it only changes the conference final because you'd play the magic in the first round, regardless, you would probably play the heat in the second round. The Sixers and Celtics would be a first round matchup. Anyway, Uh, the fly in the ointment is you would probably be facing the Clippers in the conference finals, which you would much rather not have to worry about until the finals. Yes, and, and I would want to preface this. And first of all, let me just say, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that girl in the background has stopped screaming. I hope everything's <laughs> going okay over your way at the moment. Uh, I was, it was a little bit sounding a little bit dangerous there for a couple of seconds, so I'm glad that everything's well there. But with the seeding, uh, I personally believe, as it's currently stru- constructed East and West, certainly I think that that format uh, is more favorable to the Bucks 
in creating a path through to the NBA Finals. Now, clearly, that is based purely on my belief that uh, if it was a 1 through 16 setup, the Bucks would eventually have a collision course with the Clippers in the Conference Finals before eventually having to beat the Lakers. And that was going to be the tough part about the West for both those teams. They were going to have to get through one another, you would think, if the favorites won through, and then they would take on Milwaukee in the finals. So the 1 through 16 uh, seeding, as you mentioned, would see the Bucks have the Magic again. Uh, in the second round, it would be Miami or the Oklahoma City Thunder, who, uh, let's be honest, that's a dangerous team as well with the way that they've played all season long and the way that they've been able to come together. And Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, they got, they've got they uh, really come together unexpectedly to be one of the surprise teams of the, of the NBA, really. Uh, you also get a fun matchup with the Clippers and Mavericks on the Bucks side of the draw. And then, as you mentioned, Celtic Sixers. So, yeah, it, it's a kind of a dangerous path if they went through there. I don't really understand why this is even a conversation, though, to be, to be totally honest, because uh, this was never on the table for this season. So there's a bunch of scenarios that we're talking about here. And I understand that there's no travel, there's no East and West, but if you wanted to legitimize this season and if you're the NBA and you want this to be a year that isn't looked at as a, as a huge asterisk next to the champion, which uh, some people are going to do either way, but I've always said and felt that the only people that put an asterisk next to champions when you think about other lockout seasons are the teams that didn't win. And that's, that's the way this works. If the Bucks win the title and you're a Bucks fan, you're going to love it. It's going to be a little bit different, but you're not going to put an asterisk next to it. So I don't understand why the NBA would be looking at all these different changes that in many respects uh, illegitimize the season that was anyway because it doesn't take into account uh, what the plans were prior to this. Yeah, I mean, that. I guess there's... There's a lot of things to address with the potential restart and uh, I guess similar to the approach which the league would be doing from all that we've seen that hockey is taking where they're just chopping off what seven teams and the league is kind of talking about the same with 24 I think it was. Uh, But the more you see like Steve Kerr and the Warriors and other teams that are out of it in the standings saying hey we're assuming our season's over and, you know, Adam Silver himself saying we're weighing a lot of options, but they're all bad options. I guess even if it's just as easy as sending something out to the teams that would fall 9 through 15 in each conference and saying, do you even want a shot to get into the playoffs and continue your season or are you just done? And, you know, if the overwhelming majority says, you know what, no, we're, we're good not coming back. I don't see why you wouldn't just bring back the 16 playoff teams as of March 12th, do some type of round robins to get them back into game shape and then just start the playoffs from there. Just so you're not risking um, you know, otherwise unnecessary personnel and players and bringing them back into this campus, as Adam Silver put it, environment when, you know, these teams aren't even going to end up qualifying for the playoffs. Yeah. It's very hard for me to take the league seriously when they continue to say, that health and safety is their first priority. And at the same time, they're still bringing a team uh, like the Golden State Warriors to Orlando or wherever it's eventually going to be. And they're 15 and 50. So you can't tell me that you care about their health and safety above everything else. I'm not saying that they're not worried about this. Of course they are. And I'm sure they're going to take all the right precautions. But you can't say it's your number one priority. 
if you're bringing the Warriors back in the first place. They've already played 60-plus games. We've had seasons before where they've played less than that when you think back to 99. So they don't need to be there unless your number one priority is money, which is what we really know what it is in all this. And yes, they're going to try and look after the players, but bringing these teams back doesn't make sense, which brings me to another scenario that's been thrown out there, this playoff plus format where maybe they'll have a play-in tournament. And I sort of just tweeted about this before because I was taking a look at the stand-ins before we recorded here. And uh, when you look at the West, it makes a little bit of sense, although... Uh, we were never, or there's no chance now that we're going to play an 82-game schedule. So the gap between the Grizzlies at 32 and 33 and the Blazers in the ninth seed, 29 and 37, is three and a half games. So would they be able to make that up? I mean, it's mathematically possible, but is it likely? Not really. If you're playing a 70-game schedule, uh, then you have the Pelicans and the Kings, but it is tightly grouped there. So it makes a little bit more sense that maybe in the West, the NBA says, okay, well, we're not playing the 82 games. We'll give you a chance. We can play in. But in the East, you got the Wizards in the ninth seed, 24 and 40. Then the Hornets, 23, 42. Then the Bulls, 22, 43. And the Knicks, 21 and 45. I mean, those teams are awful. And I don't believe there's any reason for them to even go to Orlando or try and work their way into the playoffs. It makes no sense for me. All this is about is trying to get Zion in the playoffs. And again, comes back to money. People love watching Zion. I love watching Zion. They want him in the postseason if they can make it happen. Well, uh, the only thing that makes sense of it is just try to piggyback off the last uh, dance momentum and somehow get Michael Jordan's Hornets into the playoffs. <laughs> well, I, I listen, even if they were in there, it would be fleeting. Unless uh, they, they did speak about maybe having expanded rosters. So maybe uh, maybe Michael Jordan's going to be a, a 16th man. They're going to sign him to a, a one-month deal. He's going to come back in the postseason and try and guide the Hornets to a championship. I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw that. And that was another interesting thing because it, it's not really like Major League Baseball where you know the expanded rosters, I, I would assume you're basically saying you don't have the two guys that don't dress so everybody can dress. But even in the league and especially in the playoffs, I understand that things like the pandemic are going to potentially change this, but it's not as though you were using or playing all 13 guys that dressed anyway. So, I mean, the expanded rosters is kind of something you just put out there and say, Hey, we're doing this as another like pro on the list, but the impact isn't really that significant. Yeah, I, I agree. That was my first thought as well. I thought, well, okay, but if, if you're a team that's trying to win a championship and you're forced to use these 17th, 18th men, uh, you're probably not in good shape to win uh, regardless. So it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, this seems like this is the league just preparing for guys to test positive. Or uh, additionally, it could be the league preparing that uh, there's going to get are going to be guys that pick up injuries because of the lack of preparation. So uh, there's so much on the table still. Uh, let me ask you this, though. With the playoff formats, you, do you agree with me, first of all, that the if they went to 1-16 to seeding, uh, that does increase the difficulty for the Bucks' path to the finals? And then if it is just normally the 1-8, the we've had a little bit of time here, is there a team in the East still that you think would, would challenge the, the Bucks more than another? Uh, I mean, absolutely, if for no other reason than the inclusion of the Clippers, a team that it seemed like, you know, leading into the first week of March, we were all saying Bucks are probably going to come out of the East, and it's either the Clippers or Lakers coming out of the West. So uh, that definitely makes it more difficult. It feels like 
forever ago, paying attention to teams like the Celtics and, and Raptors. Um, I guess just because of what Jason Tatum was starting to do, I would say the Celtics were the team that presented the biggest challenge in the East. I mean, the thing about Philly that we've talked about the whole on off home road split that they go through and how extreme that's been. That's the other interesting thing about Philly is how good they've been at home and how terrible they've been on the road. Well, every single game is essentially going to be a road game from here on out. So that makes you question which Philadelphia team is going to show up. So in the East, I would still lean towards the Celtics. I think if the Bucks had to go through the Raptors again in the conference finals, it would be a tough series. Um, but, you know, as we've said all year, the biggest thing missing in Toronto is the guy who basically, outside of Fred Van Vliet's performance, single-handedly carried the Raptors to the championship last year. So uh, for me, from what I can recall from watching these teams, it's still Boston that I think if we went traditional one through eight gives the Bucks the uh, toughest matchup in the East. So you said something interesting there in regards to Philadelphia and their road record. And I, I think that this is definitely a talking point. Um, you look at some of the other teams that have been really good at, at home. Obviously, the Bucks have, but they were also winning on the road. Uh, Miami, a team that played really, really well at home. They had a losing record on the road. But I still feel that the Bucks, as the number one seed and having the number one record across the entire league, a disadvantage more than anyone when it, in regards to this because... They played those 60-plus games for home court advantage. They were in a battle for the Lakers for number one seed uh, for what we were hoping was going to be the NBA Finals. That's completely gone now. And even though, I guess, technically, it's a road game for the Sixers if they're based in Orlando, they're also not traveling. It is a level playing field. There's no crowd. So I don't know what what impact that had on the team. So uh, I actually think that it could work the other way. Maybe the Sixers become more dangerous because they don't have to travel. They don't have that issue of going on the road, that mental problem with winning games. And the Bucs are the team that are disadvantaged more than anyone. Well, I think the ultimate asterisk on this season would be, you know, as we just said with Philadelphia, I guess it's is a glass half full or half empty is, you know, are they not playing home games or is it that they're not playing road games so they could potentially <laughs> yeah. be dangerous? The, the ultimate asterisk is, Philadelphia uses that and somehow comes out of their side of the bracket. And you have a team like the Rockets who, you know, use their new form small ball and three-point shooting again and don't have to compete with home court for those top teams in the West. And they come out, you get a Philadelphia-Houston NBA Finals. That would be the ultimate asterisk season. Yeah, I I heard, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons' podcast yesterday and he said a similar thing. He thinks that uh, the if the season is won by one of those top teams like the Bucks or the Lakers, then the season is more legitimate because they were the better team through the regular season. Anyway, if a team flies through the playoffs and comes from uh, the five seed or the six seed for the reasons you just pointed to, uh, it becomes more, or you become more skeptical of their actual credentials to win a championship because who was t- picking those teams if the format was the same and they rolled through the season? No one was, and no one believes that they're actually going to win. So then you look at it and say, well, you only won because there was no home court. You had this break. It, did, it, it wasn't really something that was going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many questions that are going to come from this. I think over the next few weeks, uh, according to Sham's report, uh, I will just leave it a chance, but according to that report, uh, that survey is going to be answered. They're going to have the next Board of Governors meeting on Friday. So, as I said, 
Uh, Frank will be back tomorrow. There's plenty of other stuff that's come through over the last few days that we're going to discuss so we can get to that. But don't forget to let us know what you think of the playoffs. Would you have a play-in tournament? Would you see it at 1 through 16? What do you think about what we've said about the home court advantage here? Because uh, the Bucs, as I believe, still are the team that are going to be disadvantaged more than anyone. But, uh, Justin, I think this is going to be a talking point, not only until they make the decision, but then I'm sure once they do make a decision, we're going to be debating it even more. Well, and, you know, one last thing, too, is we've seen um, all of the communication that's come out from these meetings and calls is that Adam Silver so far has been adamant that he wants to keep it um, four best of seven series and doesn't want to go back to a best of five in the first round where people are talking about potentially doing that to kind of cut down on the amount of games played and scheduling and just get to the finals faster. Um, I think part of the reasoning for that is number one, maximizing your revenue for all of these games and national games, especially given how much they've lost over the last two months. But what you just pointed to that, if they went to a best of five and this is already going to be unconventional and one of those teams, let's say the bucks have two bad games and they lose in the first round or the Lakers or, you know, one of the two seeds goes down in the first round. That's another thing that people are going to use to point to and say, well, you know, the 2020 playoffs was the weirdest thing ever. So we don't really count that. I, <laughs> I could probably go on about this for the next hour. Like I said, it, it's going to be an ongoing debate. I, I think that, for the most part, if you're a Bucks fan, you're still going to look at this and feel like whatever they come up with, you're still ripped off because you're not sitting at Fiserv Forum with uh, 17, 18,000 other Bucks fans. But uh, it's still a fun conversation to have because it means that basketball is close to returning. So, uh, Justin, like I said, it had been a while, but uh, it was good to catch up with you. And for everyone that had a good long weekend, I always forget. I have to be reminded that it's a holiday weekend back in the US. But uh, I hope you guys. In Milwaukee, anyway, use some sunscreen. It looked like uh, looked like the weather's starting to turn for the positive. Yeah, we had a couple of nice days. I mean, we had just rain every day for the, seemingly the last two weeks, and now the sun's finally out. Well, good for you, because uh, we've completely swapped over, and we're moving into winter over here, but Australian footy is back. Remember, everyone that listens to this podcast automatically has to become a Geelong Cats fan. Uh, you're going to see me talking about the cats on Twitter. So hopefully that doesn't bother you too much. If you haven't already muted me, maybe you'll need to do that. But uh, for now, we're going to leave it here. Justin, thanks again. Everyone, thanks for listening. Remember, today's podcast was brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Frank will be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll speak to you guys then.